welcome you guys back to Respectfully Speaking, the podcast where we talk about all things geek. Thank you for tuning in to episode number three, the Halloween episode special. Now, before we get into the topics, if you are watching the YouTube version of the podcast on youtube.com slash respectfully speaking, know this show is also available on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and all of the major platforms. My name is James, and I'm with my two co-hosts, Jason and Malcolm, and we got some deep news today from both Kevin Feige's MCU and the struggling DCU. Now, the first topic I wanted to tackle was actually the rumors, or not even rumors, it's official. It came out of the publication of The Hollywood Reporter about Marvel's TV troubles and the changes that we're making. So apparently, what we realized, I'm just gonna summarize all this for you, is MCU has a Daredevil TV show coming out. It was scheduled for 18 episodes, which is going to be one of the longest running shows of the Disney Plus TV series. But because of the strikes of the writer strike and the actor strike, apparently they were like in the middle of production. There was like four episodes into the show. And I guess this gave time for Kevin Feige and other executives to sit down and watch the footage that they already shot and see what it looks like. And they decided to do a creative overhaul, scrapping entirely the production. I believe they said they're keeping only a couple of scenes that they might like, but overall they're starting from the bottom up. They're letting go of the directors from the past, the writer's room that was previously um, for Daredevil is also gone, and they're bringing in fresh new blood. Because apparently, when we read through this article, there's a lot of stuff in here that I just want to bring out before I get uh, y'all's thoughts on this. So. The first thing is they didn't really follow how network television is usually ran. Usually how televisions are usually ran is that studios don't usually shoot an entire season before they decide to move forward with the show. Usually shows do what's called a pilot episode, which is the first episode of the series. And that pilot episode kind of gives the vibe of what do we want? Like, do we want to continue forward, putting more money into this or not? Marvel did the opposite of that. Instead, they would shoot an entire 150 million plus season on TV on the fly. They wouldn't hire no showrunners, but instead would depend on film executives to run its series. The reason why that's bad is because showrunners are usually the ones involved of writing what the show's tone is supposed to be, the outline of the, of the plot. They're heavily involved. They're usually people who write the first script. Whereas film executives are focused on the film, so the MCU movie side of things. But the way Marvel had it is that they thought that they could just have film executives that didn't have experience in TV also run the TV shows, which can explain a lot of the issues that they had, especially the mindset of, oh, fix it and post attitude, which meant if it doesn't work right now, we can just put a green uh, green screen up and just fix it and post and whatever. So going forward, one of the other mentions that happened with the Daredevil TV show is that it was revealed that Daredevil was crafted as a legal procedural type of show than a superhero type of show. It even said that um, Daredevil wouldn't even show up until episode four even. Um, So I think it said like the first four episodes with him trying to figure out um, him being a lawyer and things of that nature, just a lot of stuff. But With all that being said, I think it really showed a lot of the issues that people had with the MCU, especially Secret Invasion, Ms. Marvel, Moon Knight, etc. Because the common issue that a lot of people had is that it felt rushed, especially when you release six episodes only. And it felt like you guys were running through things very quickly, not really exploring any concepts and just feels like you guys left a lot of things on a chopping block and all this other stuff. So 
Eventually, Marvel has now decided to follow what network televisions have done always, which is hire, hire showrunners, have a whole writer's room, um, get the film executives out the door and actually bring in TV executives and get away from limited series and focus more so on uh, serialized television. Meaning that instead of doing like a limited series, like six episode series and that's it, they're even considering the idea of just doing a multi multiple season type of thing. So me personally, that might mean like the, a, a She-Hulk season two might show up, maybe a Loki season three and all, you know, all this other stuff maybe, instead of focusing on one narrative. So anyway, I talked long enough, but that's pretty much the gist of what's been happening with the Marvel TV side of things. It looks like they're finally trying to transition out of it. So I wanna get Jason's thoughts first about not just Daredevil, but the change with Marvel TV and your overall feeling about the production and everything. Well, <clears throat> I think they're risking a lot for the biscuit on this one, just because um, the reality is there, there really hasn't been a lot of interest for the MCU for the last year. I think a lot of people, even including myself, were very superheroed out. Um, they used the formula so much that even people who don't mind the formula got sick of the formula. Just run the show, um, just insert like force jokes. And I'm not sure if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Cause if, if, if I'm correcting what you said earlier, what they've been doing with a lot of the TV shows has been without pilots and it has been without um it had they've had film people writing tv shows and that actually makes a lot of sense given the way that the directing was done given the way that the writing was done especially with some of the tv shows it felt chopped up i didn't yeah i didn't mind a lot of the tv shows actually like um a lot of the earlier tv shows i actually liked uh we talked about it um before hawkeye i really really enjoyed that i actually might rewatch it um this season just you know it's that time of year but um but there are other shows that you didn't like as much you know what i mean um she hulk being one of them i think that show was just not good um <laughs> i'm not gonna lie to you i just don't have a level of excitement for some of these new shows and new movies just because we've been kind of running it up i've heard a lot of good things about loki season two it makes me maybe want to watch it but I think maybe them taking a playbook in the TV direction might be a, a good decision, but I still think they're risking a lot for it. And I think they might be drifting into the same space that DC is in, where even if DC is making good moves and in the right direction now, it doesn't even matter because some people was already like, I tried it, I don't like it, I'm not going to try it again. And people yep. are starting to get to that point where they tried Marvel, they liked it, they kept liking it, they kept liking it, but then something changed or maybe... The fact that it, nothing changed, people's taste is like, I don't like this, I don't like this, and I don't like this. And all that positive momentum turned into negative momentum. And I think Marvel is starting to approach that threshold where people, if it ain't Spider-Man, and Loki has a little bit of protection, because when Loki first came out, that's when Marvel was still on its high. Right. But like, if it ain't Spider-Man, um, or maybe X-Men related, a lot of people mm -hmm. do not care. Right. The majority of the original yeah. Avengers are not in the MCU anymore. Yeah, um, the franchise cannot be carried right now, and <laughs> and honest to goodness, people can't keep watching these like the world's gonna end, and then somehow it all works out with a bunch of corny jokes. We can't keep watching that anymore, and so mm -hmm. I would love to see Marvel MCU without it, but also I'm not obsessed with having everything need to be in live action either. 
because mm -hmm. there are just some things that you can just do just fine with animation or just straight up comics. Right. Just because the medium is set up differently. I can understand that. I can understand that. I think uh, I think that's one of the big things. Like, by the way, like when I was talking about the pilot episode, why that's good is that people can see first. Because what it feels like is that it feels like these executives didn't really know if what they had was good or not, which explains a ton. Because a pilot episode pretty much just shows you, okay, here's what we got. And it feels like all they did was just shoot all of it and just post it up there and then they're surprised about how bad the reactions are, which makes a lot of sense because I didn't mention it in the notes, but past directors, like Secret Invasion's director, kind of threw disrespect a little bit to Marvel fans' faces by kind of insinuating that we are too hardcore to provide fresh ideas into the universe. When in reality, the ideas that he had contradicts the canon that was introduced and makes things even more complicated for the universe. But it's just one of those situations where it feels like Marvel was just hiring any uh, no-name director, no disrespect to directors out there, but lower-level indie directors who didn't really have any skin in the game to just shoot an episode, which made it feel stale, and it just didn't Can work Can you go out. into those contradictions that you're talking about? So, for example, you know how Thor Love and Thunder, I tell you guys this all the time, how Thor Love and Thunder, Thor somehow has the power now to give his Thor power to yeah. everybody else, apparently. Stupid. So, to give a spoiler for Super Invasion, which came out in the summertime, so if you haven't watched it, then I'm spoiler free right now. Um, by the end of the show, we have one of the scroll women, right? One of the scroll women was working with Nick Fury during this time period, and she was finding the scroll who was trying to do the scroll invasion, the bad guy, essentially. She was in this same contraption with this individual. Uh, with this villain and gained all the powers of the Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, everybody, Captain Marvel, Thor, Hulk, Drax, everybody, and was able everybody and was able to beat the villain. But the problem is is that you just introduce someone who is so strong, who has the powers of the cosmics, of Strange, Captain Marvel, etc. What is the point of the Avengers anymore? What is the point of any threat now? If all you have to do is just send her out there. What's the point of Kang? If you can just send her out there and she can just beam this person. You know, like, that's what I mean is that they introduced some concepts in here that doesn't really mesh well because now you cause future problems in terms of the story. But I want to get Malcolm's thoughts real quick on this. What do you think, Malcolm, about the Marvel, Daredevil, this whole thing? I will say that... Um... Watching a lot of these Marvel TV shows, it really does seem that they had like movie directors and movie ideas and movie inspirations to like make this one long movie and then split up into episodes. And that's not really how TV works, at least not good TV. And they thought they can get away with that. And they're starting to see that they can't. I'm starting to wonder what Marvel's idea and like their thought process was in the beginning because was their idea to make TV shows just to see how it goes and hope it's a hit or was it to like just draw in more money or like what were they thinking I I'm confused because what you go you I can answer? tell you exactly what they were thinking it is money bro it's money bro yeah. one it's money they money. buy everything up and ego <laughs> find yeah. a cycle Rinse, repeat, until it don't work no more. 
And whatever else is working, we're going to buy that up, too. That's what Disney's been doing for the last 20 years. I guess my question is more on the lines of, like, did they try to just throw it out there just for quick cash grab, knowing it wasn't going to be successful? Or did they think, we want this to be successful because we think it can be another way? They thought it was going to be successful because they, I swear they think their fans are stupid. And they take advantage <laughs> of the fact that some fans even know they know this isn't the best we could do, but we're just grateful to have some content. And they take advantage of the loyalty of mm-hmm. the, of comic fans in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then now even more MCU comic fans, which are different. Because if they started out from the beginning with the idea we're going to make Marvel TV shows, have them linked to the movies, but they were set as tv shows it could have worked but they tried to make them one-off series of like let's have hawkeye have a one-off series or let's have um mm-hmm. uh, falcon and the winter soldier and like the original concept seems cool but at the same time like now they're just having so, like a bunch of different just superheroes with shows and nah so they're pushing content for the sake of pushing content yeah that's true that's the problem they are and the, the problem is is that, well, one, what Jason said, they're pushing content a lot just because. But also, most reports that I'm hearing, and it feels it feels like it's true, because I've seen some like major publications also say the same thing. This was during the time of the streaming boom, where the gold rush of streaming, where all these streamers saw Netflix pulling numbers, and then in 2020, Disney, Warner Brothers, Paramount, they all wanted to get original content. So based on some reports, Kevin Feige was actually forced by the by the previous C, uh, CEO Bob Chapek, I believe his name, before Bob Iger came back, and Chapek was trying to focus on building content for Disney Plus streaming. So he told Marvel, "We need TV shows," and it would it, hearing that might explain the report that we heard about how lackluster the structure was, because there's no way someone who is as high level as Kevin Feige, who I assume is a very, he's well experienced as a producer, he knows how the movie process works. I feel very shocked that he would go so, do such a, a, a unconventional, uh, what's the word? Uh, Conventional? Unconventional, that's the word. Unconventional way of thinking and have film executives run shows and write the scripts as if they're like movies and chop them up, unless it was a rushed process. Unless he was just told, hey, we need some content on Disney Plus. So Kevin Feige is like, shoot, okay, uh, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, okay, let's do something here. And he just said, y'all do something, just write something and let's put it out there. Because I, he, I always hear reports conflicting that he actually wasn't trying to do a TV, net, uh, TV side of Marvel. He was always just trying to do movies. So it might be possible that he was just pressured to do it. He came unprepared and that's why we had the fiasco that we did now, basically. That's my thought process at least. Honestly, I think if they had the idea of let's do TV shows, let's take our time and make sure that they're actual TV show quality, writing yeah. and like scripts and acting, and make yeah. them less saving the world or saving the universe, but more grounded ideas, and leave like the bigger issues, like just every Avengers movie to to the movies. I think that would work better. Versus like yeah. WandaVision, like kind of did that, but then it's like. She's also like yeah. cosmic, supernatural, multidimensional. Now it's like, well, this is a big threat with a small town, and it it was yeah. okay. But then they started going off the rails, and I'm, I don't want to get into it. But you started seeing it. But like, uh, sorry, guys, I'm gonna let you go in a second. But like, the one thing I did notice too is it does make a lot of sense if you think about it because how it's it's unusual 
how it felt standard for most of the Disney Plus shows to be six episodes long. Like even Star Wars has six episode long shows. And it's like, that's almost two and a half hours of content. You kind of just, that's why people had that same complaint. It felt like a movie just split up instead of like an actual show where an episode has a beginning and end of its arc. And then it might have an overarching storyline, but the beginning and end is its own story essentially. So, but yeah, go ahead, Jason. No, that makes sense. But I will say, <clears throat> having gone back, and I've been spending a lot of this last year re-watching a lot of old shows, Marvel's television, well, at least Marvel Comics television writing in general, has been kind of crap for a long time. It's, it's it, the, the issues we have with the MCU's TV shows, a lot of them anyways, and the issues we even have with MCU in general, they've already been there. Even with the, some of their previous shows, like the only exceptions I could probably think of uh, might have just been because the licensing wasn't directly under Disney in the way that it is now. Like say, when Spectacular Spider-Man came out, it was under Sony. It wasn't It wasn't under Disney at that, or yeah, it definitely wasn't under Disney. Um, and as far as it being under Marvel, it was kind of split up because Spider-Man was bought up at that time. So that show was amazing. The writing was like peak, but then they had three other Spider-Man shows, Spider-Man and the Avengers, but all these shows nobody, nobody really cared about. Okay. Um, rewatched X-Men Evolution. Loved it when I was camera watching. I was like, man, this show is hard to watch. These jokes are just injected in there in the most... And I was like, you know what? This is really giving right now. This is giving MCU. And I'm, I'm just saying, like, a lot of these issues were already kind of there. Um, though very different, obviously. Like, different creative hands, different writers, different teams. But I don't know if some of it has to do with the way that Marvel characters are set up comparatively. I don't... I, I'm I'm forced to believe this is a limitation of of uh, writing or a lack of creative liberty on as far as the creative team is concerned because again you look at a lot of like uh, flowed projects in different mediums all across the board a lot of times like creativity is stifled and a lot of the masterpieces we had was when creatives got full reign like Avatar Last Airbender for example like they were working on that for three years before the pilot even came out like. That's insane. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not you showing Secret Invasion trailer on the screen. Like, actually, when you're po when you're when you're showing it, I'm starting to realize that I think I would like it better if it was just one movie. Cut some things, change some dialogue. I think it would have been a really successful movie. But their decision to make it individual episodes felt really forced, especially at the end of some episodes where it's like, let's have a cliffhanger. It's like, whoa. It, it was this really necessary it just seems like you're trying to hit the the plot points of a tv show instead of telling a story and that's where they lost me yeah now with all that being said though it does seem like marvel is hearing people's concerns and they're uh making some changes so for example um they actually hired like i think last week um, a new sh a showrunner for the Daredevil TV show with some directors with some interesting credits. So for the Daredevil TV show, they hired a showrunner named Dario Scardapane, uh, I believe. Uh, his credits as a showrunner is Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan that you can find on Amazon Prime. As well, he was a showrunner for Netflix's Marvel TV show, The Punisher, as well. Okay. So that's very interesting because Marvel was trying to 
Marvel said before, like during the little press run, that they were trying to bring that Netflix Daredevil tone to the MCU one. Um, but I guess they like, hey, let's go to the person who was actually in that world, in that universe, and have them actually run the show and see how that goes. And not only that, they hired a co-directing team, um, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. They are people who came out directing episodes of Loki season two, which by the way, we the, the directing of Loki season two is phenomenal itself. So the fact that they got one of the two, well, two of the people who worked on the episode so far has me with a lot of faith that it's gonna do well. But with all that being said, um, I guess overall, from what my understanding is that Malcolm, you feel like this explains a lot on why the yeah. MCU TV side has been struggling so much. And I think we all can agree it's pretty much ego and greed and essentially just lack of planning overall that caused the Marvel TV downfall. Um, are you guys excited for any upcom upcoming TV shows before I move on to the next topic? No, no. not at all. Okay. I'm excited to watch Loki season two, you. but other than that, no. I don't blame you, dude. I don't blame you. So let's hope that Marvel does a good job. But um, anyway, let's move on to the next topic. Marvel's not the only one that had troubles. DC, EU specifically, has some troubles involving uh, Aquaman 2 drama. Uh, read an article from Variety that titled that Jason Momoa drunk. Uh, there was claims about Jason Momoa being drunk on set and Amber Heard had some scenes cut. So I looked into the article a little bit, a little bit more detail. And here's some bullet points that I just found that was very interesting. Johnny Depp fans paid the court fees for the release of documents from Amber Heard's therapist, basically. And through the raw notes, they were scribbled on like a, a pad from the therapist. There were part um, of mentions of Amber Heard saying that during the Aquaman set, allegedly Jason Momoa showed up intoxicated and was dressed like Johnny Depp and tried to push Amber Heard from the role of Mira, who plays as like pretty much his wife essentially. Um, the DC, uh, DC spokesperson came out and pushed back on Amber Heard's characterization, saying that Jason Momoa conducted himself in a professional manner at all times on the set of Aquaman 2, and others even agreed with that statement. The spokesperson later continued by saying that uh, Jason works his butt off, likes to have a beer once in a while like everyone else, but doesn't show up on set, says an insider. And he isn't dressing like Johnny Depp. He always dressed that bohemian type of style. Um, before I move on to the next point, I just do want to say that like, I've, I'm not like a fan of Jason Momoa, but like ever since he's been to DC, DCU in like 2018, like when you see him out in public, he dresses like that in a way like it's not like I thought when I read the report that he was actually like putting on the makeup like Jack Sparrow and actually like cosplaying as Johnny Depp but no he just has that like um I just that style of clothing that's how I saw it um the accusations are hilarious I have to they say they are hilarious <laughs> I was like what in the world like, he dressed up as Johnny Depp so he could bully Amber Heard that I is insane it was a... <laughs> I know. who comes I up know. with this stuff but and I, that's why I Bro, how, no, you go crazy. ahead. I was going to say, it gets even more crazier because following the Aquaman's release in 2018, apparently Warner Brothers and James Wan, the director of Aquaman 1, decided to drop the actress from the sequel due to her lack of chemistry with Jason Momoa and sent a letter to her attorney informing um, them of the decision. The studio, Warner Brothers, never pulled the plug because her former boyfriend, Elon, Elon Musk, the one who bought Twitter, who is also known as X, basically, 
was mm. one of the people who sent a scorched earth letter to Warner Brothers, threatening to burn the house down if the actress wasn't brought back for a sequel. That is wild to me. Bro, Elon Musk is essentially what would happen if a 16-year-old were a billionaire. Literally. That is insane. When did they start dating? How did Elon Musk get so lucky? Well, I guess not lucky about that. I didn't even know about that. That's crazy, man. When did they start dating? When he became right. a billionaire. <laughs> now, of course, there's more DC news stuff, but just for the Aquaman 2 drama that we're hearing, what's y'all thoughts so far? Let's start with Malcolm, actually. That was a lot of information. I'm still trying to process that. I'd... Yeah, Johnny Depp, cosplay, Amber Heard, yeah. and Elon Musk were together, apparently. <laughs> I'm kind of yeah. tired of these people. I don't know about you. Um, <laughs> tired of the billionaires? Their foolishness. Yeah. Honestly. Like, I just want to watch a movie. I don't care. I was like, just act well. Yes. And then mind your business. And then go home. Is that really that, that difficult? Like, mm -hmm. did he show up drunk? Who hasn't done that? Who of us haven't done that? <laughs> that? I, I've never showed up. I mean, I've James, never showed up drunk at work. Don't show up to work drunk. James. I don't show to work drunk. I don't know who you talk to, Malcolm. Do you show to work drunk? I you think most people drink. have had a drink. I don't know about most people okay, showed up to work. They have they've had, had a drink, drink before you or know. at work. Not out Anyways, work. most places you'll get fired on this. Well, obviously you hide it. You don't show up. That's not my point. My point is, they're actors. <laughs> it's really stressful. It's a really long day. Maybe he wanted to have a beer, just like take his right. time. He dresses how he dresses. Like, she felt some type of way that like, oh, now he's doing this because of me. She just wanted to be the center of attention, just like every other time. And she made a complaint. She just self sabotaged herself. There was nothing there. Honestly. I I wasn't there. I can't prove it, but I'm really like inclined to believe that this didn't happen and it's not that serious. And I don't need to hear about it in the headlines. Just make the movie, finish it, go home. Bro, they're just trying to sell papers, man. Even if it's dumb. Yeah. They, someone had to spin this up and it was like, this is all we got this week. Let's just push it out. It's exactly. They got like, um, Aquaman 2 still, you know, came, comes out in December. Oh crap, that's about to be like in two months. Yeah. And... All the drama that you just hear from Aquaman 2, like there's so much drama from Aquaman 2. It's like, man, can we just, can we just, fit, can we just release this movie now? Just to get it over with, man. You just know what's There's Name a movie ever in history that has this much drama and was actually pretty good. That's a good question. That's actually I don't think point. any movie ever do. I bet there's one. I bet there's a couple. Some Maybe. movies do well because of the drama that preceded. DC's just not going to be one of them because people just... The same way people are coming, I don't know why there's this like DC versus Marvel thing, unfortunately, because DC and Marvel comics, like they don't, they don't even hate each other for real, for real. Like they know they're different, they play their strengths, but like people got committed to Marvel being good, and they was like, I guess we gotta hate DC now. And I was like, why did we do that? But that's what it is, bro. I'm telling you, this movie's gonna bomb just because it has DC's logo on it, and most people didn't go see the Flash, so whether it was good or not didn't matter to people. No. So now this is outside of even the merit of all the actors and writers and film filmers that are working on these projects. This is going to be a wrap just because people are people have their their fit their, their feet down. Yeah, it's it's yo. There's always you know there's always stuff in the background like you know maybe some movies in like studio hell for a couple of years and you know but to have to have so much drama and different aspects of filmmaking it's what is so amazing about this the actors apparently don't have no chemistry this movie's been in the development since it came out in 2018 so it's been like what five years now since the sequel uh you have the behind the scenes drama of legal actions between amber heard and her ex involving this now reports that 
Jason Momoa and the director didn't want her in the movie too. It's just, it's, it's just, I wonder how they were able to actually shoot this movie actually without uh, things exploding essentially. Um, but with all that being said, with all that being said, we have some more information regarding DC, which this, this was like mentioned in the article and I saw some people like, you know, mention it but I don't think it got as big as a deal as the drama that was happening so here's what here's what we know apparently in the same article it said in fact none of the stars cast by Zack Snyder's for 20, uh, 2016 Batman vs Superman Dawn Justice and the 27 Justice League that means Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Gal Gadot, Ezra Miller and even Jason Momoa will reprise their roles in a new DC universe in character. They said Jason Momoa may return, just not as Aquaman. Sources say the actor has engaged in talks to play Lobo, either in the 2025 reboot Superman Legacy or in a standalone film. So that's probably the first time we got like official, official confirmation that none of the Justice Leaguers are coming back in the Justice League appearances, because even when Flash was coming out, James Gunn and uh, his partner Peter Safran were kind of like mm, non-committal in a way. Because I, I get it, you know, the movie's coming now. You don't want to hurt the box office even more. You kind of just you don't want to say anything yet. But it feels like we found our declaration that the new Justice League that we're going to see is going to be fresh new actors. So, what are y'all thoughts on the DC reboot of the new Justice League crew? Um, what type of dynamics would you rather see from particular characters, for example? And just your thoughts. Who wants to go first? Real quick, I just want to say, I feel like I watched that entire movie through that trailer. I just wanted to point that out. I felt like I saw the entire thing. Not worth it. Probably. Though. I'm still going to see it, though. I'm going to see it. Better man than me. I'll be the sacrificial lamb. <laughs> I always feel it comes on streaming since they've already they've already broke the Gave formula. Gave oh Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Go ahead, so. Bob. Yeah, go ahead, Malcolm. Um, you want me to go? Um, <sighs> I don't want to go. I'm just so upset. DC makes me upset. Someone else go. I honestly have no idea um, what to expect. Because the reality is, I feel like the Snyderverse was a waste. The casting was, was brilliant. And even a lot of the directing and special effects. There's so much... It's crazy because there's so much that the, the Snyderverse nailed and we only talk about the weaknesses. Um, there are lots of weaknesses that I wasn't really a fan of. Um, I guess I am a little bit more of a, like a traditionalist just so far as like how I like to see Superman or how I like to see Batman. I think the only casting that I wouldn't have done is making Ben Affleck so old in the universe <laughs> as Batman so early on. But like, that's like, I just felt like they just wrote themselves into a corner with that one. Yeah, not only um, did they make Batman so old, but he also made him. They also made him so old that you miss all the famous stories of him. Jason Todd was already dead. Nightwing apparently was was dead, and he's been battling Joker for like decades apparently. And you know the biggest the biggest complaint a lot of people had. And I don't want to harp on it too much because I'm sure people throughout the past decade already complained about Batman vs Superman enough and I and, and Snyderverse overall enough. But the one thing that they said is very true is that if Batman is so far gone where he's like branding people with the Batman symbol and he's pretty much not really necessarily like he's not killing purposely, but he's definitely not holding back his fighting to where if a person dies, he's not upset about it. How come he has not killed the Joker yet at this point? You know what I mean? Especially if you give the innuendo that Joker killed Nightwing. 
you know, but that's the age old question, but it goes right back to the same thing. If you killed a Joker, you can't keep writing Batman because the Joker is the most important Batman villain. But that's neither here nor there. I feel like in yeah. the as far as the uh, the live action DC universe right now, I think what one of the issues that I'm noticing is we're seeing the characters' IPs, but we're not seeing the characters. Yep, that's correct. does that make sense? Yeah. Like, say, for example, there's Batman on the screen. He has all the physical representation. He's broody. He's wearing a lot of black and gray. And he has a lot of money and gadgets. His parents cool. are dead. Check. Um, I think Wonder Woman, they nailed Wonder Woman. I think they did a great job of reinventing mm-hmm. Wonder Woman. Um, definitely different from, like, the comments in some way. But then, like, I don't know. It's I mean, staying straight far away. I, yeah. I think the casting was A1 for that. Perfect. Um... I don't know what the heck they were doing with Aquaman in the beginning. <laughs> I love Aquaman. Aquaman was great. I, right. I enjoyed it. I, but when I saw him, it's just like, what is going on? Like, hey, I think they're trying to make Aquaman cool so bad, and I, 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 I I'm glad they tried. Um, yeah. And they made Superman just really annoying and like oh, emo Superman. Humans. Yeah. I was. I, I guess I do like the. I don't mind deviating from Boy Scout Superman, but like making him like borderline indifferent towards everything in his universe yet somehow he puts the costume on to do th- good things for people i didn't like that at all and i think that by itself dragged the entire dcu down i think that's not i thought about this more because mind you malcolm and jason know this about me for years i enjoyed batman vs superman um as a self-contained type of story even though it is not the characters I've read in the comic books. Um, and I even enjoyed Zack Snyder's Justice League a little bit as well. I thought it was funny enough, his style really worked for the story he was telling for the Justice League film, where I was like, mm, yeah, like a very apocalyptic, dark, moody tone, death, uh, resurrection, all this other stuff. I'm like, okay, I, you know, I, I, can, I, I like this a little bit. But um, I'll say it, even though I know this might not be the best thing to say, but in reality, People who like, and mind you, I want to clarify, I don't like the Snyderverse interpretation. I might like certain aspects of certain movies, but the Snyderverse as a whole is for people who do not care about consistency of characters and want a, the Snyderverse is what you get when you say the most ultra realistic world possible for heroes. It is the boys without the good writing basically it is just throw all these heroes in here and they don't want to save nobody they're not altruistic they don't care about no one else they're just brooding seal killers with a lot of godlike powers and boom there you go you that's the snyderverse i think you're going a little far but and this is someone who, who enjoyed Batman vs superman sex on chess league and i'm just telling you that's, that's i, I, <laughs> I, I don't think about that with superman to a certain degree true I don't think people who like the Snyderverse, let me not say that. I would just say this. I think the Snyderverse, if the Snyderverse came after a successful DC, like if James Gunn's DC Universe came successful and was like a big hit for this 10 year run, like the same impact as MCU, and then Zack Snyder was like, I wanna do like a five movie universe after the success of DC, I don't think a lot of people have been that upset because we can go back and watch and, and watch this. It's the same way how People complain about, like, people like me, complain about Drake's music not being good anymore 
But you know, my answer is go back and listen to old Drake because at least I have that content to go listen to. And I don't, since DC fans have been starving for the same type of impact and hype that the MCU had currently at the same time period, for you to come out and push out dog water, it just, it, it, it caused a lot of headache. But, but besides talking about the past, not talking about the past no more, we're talking about the future. In the future for me, um, I like the cast of Superman. I think he look, I th him and Lois Lane are look good to pair. Um, I feel a little weird about Jason Momoa coming back as Lobo, even though I think he could play a good Lobo. If he has like a physique, the hair, it could work out well. I just don't know what you would do. do. I don't know what you would do with Lobo unless you would do like an Elseworld. Oh, unless you do like a, um, like a holiday special. Cheap cameos, man. Yeah, cheap cameo. Yeah, just just cameo one one time. Just cameo one time. He you know? is a really interesting character, but he he cannot be on screen long term. With Not too long. In the audience. Yeah, you, you need him like in, like sprinkles a little. Oh man, that's Lobo. You know that type of energy. You know. Um, and I almost feel like they need to lean on that more. Like I think, I think it would behoove the team at DC to really make use of all of the B tier and C tier characters. Oh yeah, that's that's what. Imagine I like. seeing a Hawk and Dove movie. Oh no, um, Titans already <laughs> show me that's not a good idea. Um, but I think the concept is cool. But man, that iteration. But or um, just have them like in cameos, like in one of the small yeah. cities that they're fighting in, like things like that. I feel like the DC fans that make up the loyal fan base that made these IPs even profitable to pour these billions of dollars into producing these movies. Um, even possible and they're gonna come on and be like wow like they're actually like writing the movies for the fans again I was, instead of just for the summer flick when at this point it's not the summer flick anymore it's just the flick yeah. I'd rather I'd rather the DC universe that comes now to get, get used to the idea that you might see a cameo of a superhero but it doesn't mean that superhero is part of the plot that's one of the reasons on like what I liked about the old school Justice League TV shows or even the Batman, Brave and the Bold or Superman or anything like that. Like those old TV shows, they just threw in like cameo characters that were just like around or like in the background working in the watchtower or working somewhere. And you just saw them while walking by. No speaking rules or nothing. You just saw them like, oh my gosh, what? Like the hype that I had, um, I hate going back to the past, but just real quick, going back to the past. Like, when you look at Sex and I just League movie, like the epilogue of the big war, and you saw the green... I remember I was in theaters in the 2017 Justice League movie, and I saw the opening act, and it was the war, and it had a Green Lantern fight in the human war against Darkseid. I fainted because I was like, fuck, like Green Lantern, yes. I just love to see that there was a Green Lantern. Just be, even though he had no lines or nothing, just the lore in me was like, I needed to see that. I love seeing that. And I want the DCU to give me that same joy as a fan, you know? So, um, you muted, Jason. DC needs to do what the folks at Sonic the Hedgehog 2 did. And just build a movie. Like, cause, it, cause it's possible. I'm watching a lot of this old content, new content, old content, and I'm seeing stuff in there. I was like, wow, like you made it for like it takes masterful writing, but you have teams. There, there is no shortage of good. I, I would argue that we have more good writers than we've ever had. People have access to internet, learning, writing, and we have all the other forms of media to learn from. We have all of history to learn from, written, 
And I do not believe it would be impossible to write a, a, a convincing story where you can have a entertaining movie that also feels grounded and then you actually care about the characters whether you're a noob and then also weave in these small little details of the of the lore uh small little quips and lines that that tease at certain like interactions and dynamics that different characters have in different types of situations or in, in different inter in different versions of these characters even if it's one from like an older um iteration of the justice league not the most recent one right like still like hinting at those things like there are going to be a ton of people who really appreciate that and that's going to get you people coming back in and saying hey actually i really enjoyed that movie you should go see that movie next weekend and then have the other people like buy it on dvd and all that good stuff because otherwise we're going to keep ending up with dc's version of the marvel uh um formula which is we're trying to like do our own thing but at the same time we don't trust ourselves to do our own thing so we're kind of doing the like the stupid this is what we think teenagers and young adults care about jokes and throw a lot of CGI, good action scene, and bow. I want a Teen Titans movie or a Young Justice movie so bad. Like just, just like just part of the universe. I don't know how you do it, but I just want to see it. I would love to see a Teen Titans movie. I want to see a but, Damian um, Wayne movie. Just go straight there. That's what Batman Brave and the Bulls is going to be apparently. Apparently it's going to focus on their dynamic. So we'll see how that goes, honestly. We'll see how that goes. But the I last hope they don't thing- pull punches. I hope they don't either. But um, the last thing I wanted to bring up is still relevant to DC, but now it's more about Warner Brothers as a whole. And can this news hurt James Gunn DC studio before it even begins? That's the question I have for y'all. Because apparently within the same article, this article was like juicy. There was a lot of stuff in this article. But the other tidbit that he had in this article was that there are still rumored talks that Warner Brothers is entertaining potentially being bought out by universal pictures basically um which i find very interesting now if you guys don't know universal is known for like you know they came out with the mega movie i believe they do the jurassic, uh, jurassic park franchise they they're they don't really have and i think they do fast and furious franchise too um this has been rumored since last year or two years ago because the way david saslov was talking a little bit is that it sounds like he wants the company. He wants the company, obviously, to go green and get rid of the uh, the debt that they uh, incurred. But it didn't sound like, from past interviews that people are saying, he actually is thinking about making this a long-term like company thing. It sounded like he was trying to take this and flip the company to be bought by another company. Now, of course, the company is being introduced, uh, um, suspected to be interested in buying Warner Brothers as Universal. Amazon, Apple are usually the big three. Some people entertain Comcast, but Comcast is too much debt to really be to buy Warner Brothers. So those are really the top three. So I don't know if you guys have any any thoughts about on that particular particular purchase or what that might do to DC or anything like that. But if you guys have thoughts, I would love to hear it. No more monopolies. I'm tired of this. No more monopolies, but if there was gonna be anyone to buy it up, I think it'd be interesting if Apple Apple bought it, just because Apple TV is one of those things where it's like, almost nobody has it because of how expensive it is. Most, it, it's kind of, Apple TV is kind of giving like a new version or a new generation of HBO where it's kind of like, hey, we don't have 5 billion different things on our platform, but what we got is good. Yeah, we got a lot of original good. I heard that they have exactly. a lot of original There's good TV the shows. HBO special. Yeah, yeah. Like they got really high quality shows, I heard. So, and the only... Mm -hmm. Go ahead, bro. No, I was gonna say the only the only thing that lacks behind Apple is that 
it doesn't seem like they have an infrastructure to handle a cinematic universe like a traditional studio like Universal or Warner Brothers does already. Like, I don't know. <clears throat> I'm afraid that Universal is just going to do exactly what Warner Brothers did and it's going to be the same old... Is it going to be a hurry up and wait and then we can just hurry up and then watch them do nothing different? That's what I'm afraid of with Universal where I think there's, there's an opportunity because I mean... Universal does the same thing that Warner Brothers does, the same thing that like Paramount does. It, it's it's almost like it's one of those things where it's like it's the opposite of too big to fail. It's more like too too big to actually innovate or too old to innovate. You know what I mean? And like oh, I feel like Apple is new enough in the game. I mean, it's definitely better than Paramount. And it, yeah, yeah. And I think they might be hands off. I think Apple might be so new to the game that they're kind of hands off of it. Like they're like, I, it feels like Apple, based on my ignorant knowledge, I guess, it feels like they're hands off enough where they're like, hey, look, y'all are the film people. We just want to make the money off y'all. So as long as y'all make money, we're not gonna bother y'all. Y'all do y'all thing. We're gonna be over here making iPhones and iPads and stuff like that. That's what it feels like to me. So. Amazon, Amazon's gonna be more likely though. I think it's gonna be between Amazon and. Um, Apple TV Apple. To, to see which one of those two can actually like do something well with it because Amazon has a good track record and Apple TV has a good track record for making fresh shows because again Amazon's not making a lot of money or any money off of their streaming service in the same way that Apple isn't they're like making so much money from their main thing which is for Apple it's the phones TVs AirPods whatever you name it the Apple tags Apple, MacBooks or whatever and for Amazon it's literally by you know killing every small business in America you know yeah basically but the reality is they have enough capital to fund these projects, not be under so much shareholder pressure to constantly be pressuring the creatives to make another bad product that keeps flopping. Because again, Warner Brothers was in debt. What did that do? Pressure made them fold. Yep. Um, I, I imagine the same thing from Universal because Universal needs like media to like pop off to make money. Yeah. Um, Apple doesn't. Amazon doesn't. That lack of pressure creates free, free, free reign, which is why I think their products are so, or their, their projects can be so high quality, even though they have such a small volume. Because they have so you many. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And they don't like, have a lot of debt either. No. no, no, I don't. And they have a lot. They have a lot of money too. So they can handle. I think they have so much cash flow that they can spend a lot. They can. They can they can go broke. They, they can really make a big project, put a lot of trust in the universe, and hopefully that expands well. I just don't want it to be something where a company buys Warner Brothers and they look at James Gunn in DC and be like, I know you didn't start yet, but I'm just not going to, we're not even going to start that process. And then we have to wait another like five to 10 years for someone else to come around and start DC up again. And it's like, oh my gosh, you know, because I feel like this generation needs a successful DC universe now. Okay. We need to show them that there's more to DC than just Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. There is a lot of characters that I think that James Gunn's universe looks like he's trying to flesh out. Because one thing he said is that he wants to use DC Trinity to actually introduce to obscure characters, you know, the same way how, I guess how other, uh, I think Marvel probably did it from sometimes where it's like, you might have Superman in the movie, but there might be like an obscure character and then may, they might spin off to do their own project, stuff I'm like forgetting that. forgetting something. Hmm. What Justice League Unlimited did that. Exactly. They used did the that. big seven yep. and then they introduced a crap ton of characters that nobody had ever heard of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It made exactly. one of the best series I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. That's true. 
Malcolm, what are your thoughts on this before I wrap it up? Uh, <clears throat> I really hate, I really hate, I really hate this. Between DC just killing my vibe and then Monopolies and then I know that we kind of just got to <laughs> operate like we can't really stand against it, but I really would hate to see um, like Universal or any really Amazon, any of these companies. Like I want diversity, even though if it's bad, I want a diversity of different um, ideas and characters so we don't end up with like four companies or three companies owning the same thing. And if like, oh, if it's not that good, well, too bad. We can't do anything about it. Put on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Like, but all this to say, um, I think Jason's right. Um, Amazon, I th- well, I think I would prefer Amazon over anything. They made Invincible. Well, they yeah, decided they to like do yeah. the show. And um, I think they did a really good job with it. I'm really enthusiastic about what they did. And it kind of... Re- showed me that like it doesn't have to be just warner brothers just marvel like like you said amazon is like a package shipping company that like takes over small businesses across the country and they were able to make a really successful um animated tv show and it's encouraging me to have faith that they can do that with dc but at the same time that's one's animated oh the boys are also live action they're 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 getting there they're showing me that they could so if i had to choose i would choose them but ultimately i'm just down on any monopoly boo monopolies boo yes i agree with you i agree give it to me a better pick let me be the better pick Mm -hmm. they have a track record Mm -hmm. and they they're used to working their studios and their their teams are used to working at that large scale just i.e the yeah they're used to it now right without having that writing be overly (laughs) reliant on cgi and extended action scenes like like i think we really need to get away from that yeah so, i think hmm, i wonder how it's we'll gonna see. turn out man i i still if this is a whole sidebar i'm not i'm not expecting y'all to go down this road i'm just throwing a sidebar out there but i really do wish that these studios look at some of these independent comic book publishers and pick up their stories and their universes because mm-hmm. there's there's other comic book publishers besides Marvel and DC that have their own little universe like Dark Horse Comics for example they have like their own it, it, it's it's a, it's a little mini ramp but I just I'm just saying that I really want more diversity like Malcolm said and I really want to make sure that everyone can see how vast and experimental and how interesting superhero stories can really be Besides relying on Marvel and DC to, to uh, mm-hmm. cover everyone's butts, basically. That's why I really liked when Amazon did um, Invincible. <laughs> I'd never heard of it. I'm not going to pretend like I'm a, a real fan. But I was like, mm-hmm. okay, this is interesting. It's different. It's not a Marvel. It's not a DC like comic stream. So let's see what they do about it. And let's see if it is if it is successful. I think that this will open up like a new like run of buying different... Um, comic runs that aren't well known yeah. and it looks like it's really successful so far so we'll see how yeah. it continues yep we'll see how it goes and that's it that's all we gotta talk about y'all this was respectfully speaking episode three leave your thoughts down in the comment section if you're on a youtube version if you're on the audio version like apple or uh, spotify you can leave us a five-star review to help us in the algorithm appreciate y'all spending time with us all the way to the very end this is respectfully speaking and we're out peace